can, you know, through Aboriginal ways, just reach out to some of our mob. Working with the wider non-Aboriginal community and working with our own community together allows us to start eating. In the past, you know, people know who they are and that type of thing, but there hasn't been something there to bring everything together, to bring people together, and Native Title has done that. Nina Marnie, welcome to Aboriginal Way, produced by South Australian Native Title Services. I'm your host today, Joy Lothian, and I'd like to begin by acknowledging the Ghana people whose land we are recording on. I pay my respects to Ghana elders past and present. Each week on the show, we share First Nations stories and Native Title news from right across South Australia. So, let's get into it. Faith Thomas, the first Aboriginal or Torres Strait Islander woman to play for Australia in any sport, has died at age 90. The Andamutna woman, who was born at the Nepabunna Aboriginal Mission in 1933 to an Aboriginal mother and German father, was selected to play cricket for South Australia in the 1950s, before going on to play test cricket for Australia against England at Melbourne's Junction Oval in 1958 as a fast bowler. Thomas remains one of just four Indigenous Australians to have played in Test Cricket for Australia, alongside Jason Gillespie, Ash Gardner and Scott Bolland. A survivor of the Stolen Generations policy, Auntie Faith was raised at Colebrook Home in the Flinders Ranges, alongside friend Luigia O'Donoghue, and both women were also among the first group of Aboriginal nurses to graduate from the Royal Adelaide Hospital in the 1950s. In 2019, she was awarded the Order of Australia for her services to cricket and the Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander community. The Adelaide Strikers also honour her by playing for the Faith Thomas Trophy each year. Aboriginal Way did an interview about the life of Faith Thomas AM a couple of years ago now with Tyson Baird, who bonded with her over a shared love of cricket in her hometown of Port Augusta. He then went on to co-produce the 2021 SBS documentary about her life called Before Her Time, which is available to watch now on SBS On Demand. We'll link it in the show notes. Please enjoy this special repeat episode of Aboriginal Way and note that Thomas's family have granted permission to use her name and images. My name's Tyson Baird and I'm from Adelaide, South Australia and I'm here to talk about a documentary that I've been lucky enough to be involved in. telling the story of Auntie Faith Thomas. And for people who don't know, can you tell us a little bit about who Faith Thomas is? Yeah, so Faith Thomas, firstly, she's a dear friend of mine now, but she's a lady from, um, she's currently living in Port Augusta, but she was born in Nepabunna in the Ikara Flinders Ranges. And what she's most famous for is she was the first Aboriginal person to play test cricket for Australia. She made that feat in 1958, but she was the first Aboriginal person of any sport to represent Australia. Any sport? Wow. Any sport for Australia, yeah. So she she has an amazing legacy and she did that, you know, 20 years before Cathy Freeman, um, you know, lit the torch at the Sydney Olympics and she did it 40 years before Ash Barty won the French Open. So someone like Faith Thomas is, you know, is, is a real true trailblazer. She really is. So you're also writing a biography about her, I understand. How did you first meet her? 
Yeah, so I'm slowly getting to that. Um, the documentary's been taking up a lot more of my time recently. <laughs> but So I um, do some work up in Port Augusta and I was aware of Auntie Faith because I'm a cricket fan. Um, and then I sort of came across her and just started to have a yarn with her and asked her a little bit about cricket and things like that. And she invited me to, you know, have a coffee with her and um, which I took her up on that offer quickly. And I met up with her and she showed me her baggy green cap and things like that. And we talked about cricket. Um, and then sort of one coffee led to many, many coffees. Um, and we just, you know, started to become friends. And then eventually I, she, she came up with so many stories that were not about just her cricket. And I said to her one day, Annie Faith, is anyone going to write these stories down? Because these stories you're telling me are fascinating and they, you know, they need to be told and they need to be remembered. She said, no, no, no. Why would anyone ever want to do that? And I said, basically said to her, well, I'd quite like to do that. Mm -hmm. So have a bit of a think about it. Um, and if you would like, I would love to sort of write down some of these stories just so that they can be remembered by your family and, and you know, Australia in general. Um, so, yeah, started interviewing Faith and recording things on my phone. Um, yeah, so it's an, it's an ongoing process. And so the, the documentary with Nintu Media came about from that? It, it roughly did. So Dan Clark, who's, who runs Nintu Media, him and I actually went to high school together and I, I actually play music as well and he was using some of my music for one of his documentaries. Um, so so we, we made contact with each other. We hadn't spoken in many years and I knew that his you know, media company was predominantly around Aboriginal issues. So I basically just said to him, I'm actually writing a story about this lady, Auntie Faith Thomas, just to let him know and sort of build conversation. Then he got back to me and said, Tyson, we need to talk about that. That should be something that, you know, we could collaborate on. That would be a great story for, for, for Ninty Media to, to work on. And, yeah, we should pull our resources. And one thing led to another. And 15 months later, we're almost finished the documentary. How exciting. So 15 months you've been working on it for? We have, yes, on and off. Obviously, the world has turned upside down in that 15 months. But, yeah, from the time we sort of first chatted and um, first met, met up with Auntie Faith and things like that, yeah, it's been 15 months. And you managed to get some funding for the documentary in this time? We have. So we've been lucky to be funded through NITV, um, through the Our Stories series. And, yeah, that's so they've funded the project and... We're handing it over to them in the next few weeks and then hopefully, the, well, it will be a part of the, our series series that will be aired on NITV potentially at the end of the year, but we'll have to see what NIT, when NITV um, are able to, to air that. But it's very exciting and, yeah, it's you know allowed us to tell a really important story and it's been a really fun process doing it as well, something I hadn't anticipated I would be involved with in this manner, but it's been, yeah, it's been really excellent. Oh, that is very exciting. And so can you give us a bit of a taste of who else you have interviewed for the documentary? Of course. So Dan and I um, were very lucky with our timing, actually. We travelled to Melbourne in March, so early March, for the Women's World Cup. So in the current Australian women's team is a, is a lady called Ashley Gardner, and she's the third Aboriginal person to play test cricket for Australia she's a bit of a star with the bat for the Australian team so we we ducked over to Melbourne for the World Cup and saw and saw her play did a bit of filming and had the privilege of interviewing her and 
um, just got her reflections on Auntie Faith and what sort of a legacy that um, Auntie Faith's left to someone like Ash Gardner and what sort of, you know, the inspiration she has for her. So that was really great. So we've captured Ash and then we captured the only other Aboriginal player to play test cricket for Australia, and that's Jason Gillespie. So we were able to meet up with him a little bit closer to home at the Adelaide Oval just before the test match last year. So it was it's it's really lovely to have the three of them all in the documentary. Um the three the three test test capped Aboriginal players for Australia, just to hear their reflections on on, you know, the state of the game and um the state of Aboriginal players in the game. So mm. yeah, they're the, they're sort of the three key players of our story. Definitely. And are he also were able to speak with Major Mugi Sumner about his memories? We were. So he he does the welcome to country at a lot of the cricket events, um, but also he um, he knew Auntie Faith from when he was very young, living down at Raukin, um, in down at the Coorong. And, you know, he the thing about Auntie Faith is she was, you know, her biggest achievement was her nursing her nursing achievements. She was a one of the she was in the group of the first nurses to Aboriginal nurses to graduate from the Royal Adelaide Hospital wow. with her colleague from Colbrook Home, Luigi O'Donoghue. Um and she actually she spent a couple of years down at Raukin. And so yeah, Moogie was in touch with her down then as a kid and, and has some fond memories of her of her time down there and he sort of helped out tell the story of you know, the nursing side of her story, getting away from the cricket side of things. Yeah, so it was great to have him involved, but also just the link of him um, doing the Welcome to Country at Cricket Games. And there was a, you know, there's a cricket game named in Arnie Faith's honour once a year, played between the Strikers and the Scorchers. Mm. And Moogie was at that game and we, we had the privilege of filming that. So it just sort of tied in really nicely. Mm, wow. And so over this time, speaking with, these different personalities, you would have learnt some interesting things about Faith and about her background. And as you said, she's she's made it clear that she's very proud of her nursing career and that saw her travelling around South Australia treating sick people in remote communities. What what was that like for her? That was, you know, very early days really. I mean, what, what sort of decades was she doing that and what was that like? Absolutely. So, yeah, as I alluded to before, she was... Um, yeah, she graduated from nursing in 1956 and there were five Aboriginal nurses that graduated in her sort of cohort. And so it was another area that she was a, a trailblazer at. She, you know, she did experience a degree of racism trying to, you know, get into that nursing degree and was told in pretty much no uncertain terms that she should go and um, nurse her own people in Alice Springs from the, the you know, the matron at the Royal Adelaide Hospital at the time. Um, so that spurred her on to a degree to keep pursuing that goal, which she eventually did. So, yes, so she graduated in 1956 and spent time all over South Australia, so down at Raukin um, and then at places like Armitage and, and then throughout the APY lands. She spent a lot of time at her her home, is she considers to be corn in the Flinders Ranges. Um, so she spent a lot of time working from there also. Um but yeah, she just had wonderful stories. She would basically just load up her four-wheel drive with all her medical supplies, 
she'd probably have a dog in there with her and then just hit the road and just go from, you know, township to township and community to community, um, treating people and, yeah, and, and helping out, you know, poor Aboriginal communities at the time. What a legacy. So why do do you think, Tyson, that it's so important to share stories of Aboriginal Australians like Faith for future generations? Yeah, great question. I think, I mean, first and foremost, we just need more and more stories like Auntie Faith's because they're, you know, they're positive and they're inspiring and they perhaps, this is just my perspective, but they break down, you know, the stereotypes of, some of the other stories that, you know, cloud cloud the media landscape. But they, you know, for someone like Arnie Faith, you know, I hope that there's, you know, a young person somewhere that can really be spurred on whether, whether it leads them to pick up a cricket bat and start playing cricket or, you know, enrol at university to become a nurse. Mm. Arnie Faith is just a perfect example of someone who, you know, came from a, extremely modest background and you know she's a part of the stolen generation and that sort of thing and overcame you know incredible adversity in you know in in another time to become the person she was and to achieve the amazing things that she has and she you know she just won the order of australia which we had the privilege of filming as well she's an incredible person and you know in the sort of 60s and 70s she had the ear of the you know, the Premier at the time, Don Dunstan, and she was personal friends with Sir Doug Nichols, who was the first Aboriginal governor of, you know, any state. So, mm. you know, she's just she's just a great example of just, you know, if you put your head down and get on with it, you can achieve amazing things. Is, is she excited about it? She is excited about it. She, look, she's, <laughs> she's, has an amazing personality and really she's just very blasé about things like this um, <laughs> and not blasé in that she doesn't care but just blasé in that oh why would anyone want to hear my story mm-hmm. you know that's not interesting but you know there are plenty of people that want to hear her story and there are plenty of people that need to hear her story so yes she is excited but she very much downplays it but okay. she's you know she's she's a feisty character she's got a great sense of humor yep well, you can tell her that we definitely do want to hear her story. <laughs> we're grateful that you're Absolutely, doing this. Sure. Um, yeah. And we've heard also that you and Into Media were able to contract uh, a couple of young Aboriginal filmmakers over this time to help with the documentary too, which is fantastic to hear. How did that come about, Tyson? Yeah, so I can't take too much credit for that. That was more Dan's um, connections and Dan's links. But, yeah, we had Victor Kulmatry who's a young Naranjiri filmmaker from the Kurong. So he was able to get involved. So he helped with directing and filming and helping out with sound. It's really special because he actually came up on one of our trips up to Port Augusta and met Auntie Faith and spent some time with her, which was really great. Um, so he's worked on a number of other short films and curated the Raukan Film Festival in 2018. So it was definitely great to have him on board. And then we had Sierra Schrader, involved in the project as well. So she's a young emerging Indigenous producer and filmmaker who has a large number of credits to her name, including um, the Deadly Portrait series on the ABC and also being a part of the TV series Total Control. So she she assisted us with, you know, production and filming for our documentary also. So it was, yeah, great to have them involved. 
Yeah, that's great. You're able to offer those those sorts of opportunities for young Indigenous filmmakers. That's really fantastic to hear. And, you know, getting the funding through NITV, obviously, great helps with that sort of thing. And, Tyson, this might not be a question for you, but are you able to tell us a little bit about Nintu Media and how long they've been around for and what else they do? Dan Clark runs Nintu Media with his wife, Amy, um, and I think they first sort of met and got together when they were living in the APY lands and Dan, you know, was was a, was a filmmaker and interested in that and one thing led to, to another and they produced many wonderful short documentaries and short stories about Aboriginal issues and Aboriginal stories. Um, they've done a few that come to mind. They did a, a fantastic one on Electric Fields, the band, yeah, which is wonderful and you can track that down. Um, but, yeah, he's done a number of things for NITV and different platforms. And he also has done some documentaries about wildlife issues. So he's he's recently just done a documentary called Australia's Hidden Shame, which is talking about the you know the huge numbers of kangaroos that are dying of starvation in Australia, and it, you know it's a pretty harrowing sort of tale, but it's a you know it's a story that needs to be told, and something that people know so little about. So mm. yeah, he's doing some really interesting things, and him and his wife have also through a little spin-off production company, uh, releasing another project about the fires down in Kangaroo Island, which is, yeah. yeah, a really interesting documentary as well, which I've been lucky enough to see some snippets from. Oh, great. Yeah, I'm just looking on their Facebook page and website, which anyone can look up. It's just Nintu Media, so N-I-N-T-I Media. Uh, you can look that up on Facebook or their website and you can find the other projects they've been involved in that way. And what about yourself, Tyson? Tell us a little bit more about you. Yeah, so I'm I'm a little bit new to this kind of space, I must admit. Um, I'm actually an occupational therapist, so that's what I do for my day oh. job. Um, so that is I, a bit different to a filmmaker. It is a little bit. I work in Aboriginal health. And also, yeah, work here in Adelaide in, in rehabilitation. Okay. Um, but I really, I kind of, I enjoy writing. So, you know, that's that's what led me to, um, you know, talk to Auntie Faith about perhaps trying to write down some of her really amazing stories. So that's where I fit in from that creative sort of side of things. Um, I'm actually, I play the drums. So I play music in a few different bands and things like that. And it's been um Excellent to to do some music for the, for this documentary and for other ones that Nancy Media have done as well. So oh. yeah, that's where I fit in with things. Um, Great to hear. One thing, my two my professional life did sort of intersect with Faith's life. We I was on the board for Central Adelaide Local Health Network to help write their reconciliation action plan or update their reconciliation action plan, mm. and we this was in 2018 for Reconciliation Week, we ended up doing a, a joint a, a joint event with the Cricket Association and with SA and with Central Adelaide Health to celebrate Faith's life. So I was able to do a keynote address and talk about her nursing and her cricket and how those two things sort of intersect and, and help with health outcomes for people and things like that for a way to celebrate only Faith's life but also Reconciliation Week that year. That is wonderful. We've done a lot in this space. And your biography of Faith Thomas, that's that's still on the back burner for now, is it? 
that's <laughs> oh, that. How long is a piece of string, sort of? Okay. Um, yeah. So I think um, I've never done this sort of thing before, and it's yeah, it's a, there's a lot of research that goes into it, and a lot of editing and writing. So who knows? But we're talking probably years rather than months for sure. Well, it's good to hear it's in the works. So I was inspired recently to read the um, Luigi O'Donoghue. Um, biography very much Arnie Faith and Luigi's lives you know mirrored each other they went in different directions but they grew up together and they're dear friends and sisters so that spurred me on to really get writing again now this documentary is starting to wrap up Thanks for listening to another episode of Aboriginal Way. You can listen to podcast versions of the show anytime over on our website at nativetitlesa.org, on Apple Podcasts or on Spotify. Don't forget to subscribe there too. Thanks again for listening and we'll catch you next time with more stories from right across South Australia. Bye. Bye.